Welcome to the Innovation in Government show sponsored by Kerasoft. Each month we'll talk with industry experts who enable innovation and make government more responsive and secure by advancing key technologies. Now here's your host, Jason Miller. Welcome to the show. My guest today is Gary DePreta, the Area Vice President for Defense, Intelligence, and Aerospace at Splunk. Gary, welcome to the discussion. Thanks for having us, Jason. Before we get started, let me set some context for our conversation. With all the focus on cybersecurity over the last 15 years, are agencies making progress fast enough? That's one of those questions that I think is a little hard to answer. On one hand, the government has shifted its focus quickly to really focus on risk. The Office of Management and Budget released the, the first ever Cyber Enterprise Risk Management Report. And the 2017 Cyber Executive Order also calls out the importance of understanding the risk of your systems and your data. OMB is also updating two key documents to help agencies focus more on risk, the policy on high-value assets, and the Trusted Internet Connection, or TIC, initiative. Both of those policies are expected this fall. The TIC policy, Gary, you may remember this all the way from 2008, nearly 10 years ago, when the word cloud wasn't even in our vocabulary much. And then in 2015, after the OPM data breach is when OMB last put out their high-value assets. And in fact, it goes back to 2016 of December, and that's also two years old for the high-value assets. Then let's look at the other hand, number of attacks, the sophistication of attacks, the types of bad actors, all are evolving. Agencies and really every organization are struggling to keep up with the technology and the workforce skill set perspectives. Here's some, some, some basics of where agencies are at, and I think this will show you why this is still such a challenge. Cyber hygiene, stuff we talk about all the time. The most recent report from OMB finds 64% of all civilian agencies are covering at least 95% of their hardware assets with a management capability that detects and alerts when an unauthorized piece of hardware connects to their network. 65% of all civilian agencies are meeting the goal of having at least 95% of all their software assets covered by a whitelisting capability. That's the bad news. The good news, 91% of all agencies are ensuring their moderate or high systems are updated, have an updated authority to operate, and 96% of all agencies are using a mobile device management system that can remotely wipe the contents of their device if lost or stolen. So as you can see, there's some good news, there's some bad news, there's some progress, there's a lot more that needs to be done. So how can agencies continue to move in the right direction? Well, once again, that's where our guest comes in, Gary DePreta, the very Vice President for Defense, Intelligence, and Aerospace at Splunk. Now, Gary, let's start with you. I gave you the big 100,000-foot view of cybersecurity. What are you seeing? What's the state of cybersecurity from where Splunk sits? Clearly, you know, cyber is the number one you know, issue in IT and government today. But as you kind of eloquently you know, rolled out in your opening, it really is a journey, right? It's a complex issue. And I think that the threats are complex. I think that's stating the obvious, right? But the implementing the solutions are just as complex. So in, in terms of an objective view, not just my opinion and what I'm seeing, I mean, I think you mentioned it, right? In the White House Federal Cybersecurity Risk Determination Report, you know, there's some really key findings in that. And while we're making progress, we have a lot more progress to make. And when I say we, I'm not just talking about the agencies, right? I'm talking about companies like Splunk and the, uh, you know, the industry that supports the mission, right? We have a lot, a lot of work to do. We collectively have to move faster, right? We have to keep up with uh, implementing the solutions to mitigate these risks. And, um, you know, that's that's something that we, we we do every day, the agencies and industry. But the other thing we do is, um, and we can never do enough of, uh, Jason, is to share best practices. And that's probably like the best part of my job is I get to meet with executives and go on to forums like this. And what we when I meet with federal agencies, one of the things they always want to hear is what their peers are doing at other agencies. So I think coming together to share those best practices is some, you know, a small way in part that we can help in, in you know, this, this continued journey. 
the risk determination report from OMB, which came out in the May timeframe, was just a fascinating read in many ways. And in fact, this was probably the first time OMB's ever really looked at risk from that holistic level. When you got a chance to look at it, what were some of your takeaways from it? What stood out to you? Well, first, I have to tell you, I was uh, impressed as well because you know, cybersecurity is such a complex issue. And for them to boil it down to four or five key findings, I, I just have to say it was impressive that uh, in, in the research. But if you look at it, there, you look at the finding, there's, there's a few key things, right? So the first one is just you got to have situational awareness, right? And it simply said, this is just the ability to see and understand what's going on inside of your, of your agency. At Splunk, uh, obviously, we are a platform that specializes in you know, the ingestion and correlation um, and you know, analysis, providing analytics for machine data which is like 90% of the data that agencies generate. Um, so you, you got to be able to sort of look at that, right, and find your situational awareness about what's going on. So clearly that was the first finding. Second is no surprise, a stand, you know, lack of standardized you know, IT capabilities. And this suggests a lot of actions and activities are still ad hoc uh, within the agencies. And I see that on a personal note too. I think we're getting a lot better but um, a lot of agencies still don't have standardized cyber security processes, capabilities, you know, playbooks. And that gets back to my comment earlier, which is what we try to do is share best practices, right? What other agencies are doing really well. So I thought that was a, another great insight by the report. Uh, third, and, you know, this sort of plays into the first one about situational awareness is the, what the report calls and it's finding lack of visibility into the network, right? What's happening in, into the network. What I would say is I would broaden that a little bit and not take that literally, take it figuratively. And that's providing sort of, you know, that visibility into all assets within your IT. It gets back to that machine data, right? There is a lot of machine data you know, being generated by everything from your, you know, your cell phone to your SCADA systems to, you know, industrial controls to your file server storage network, you know, the list goes on and on. I think everybody knows that intuitively. And, um, you know, you got to get sort of that, you know, that access to visibility. And then this last one, while it's not uh, specifically called out as, as, as a finding in the report is the lack of skills. That's, and that's just not a federal government issue, right? That's on the commercial space. It's certainly even an in industry with our integrator community. Not having uh, enough skills is, is clearly an issue. And we at Splunk spent a lot of time not only enabling our agencies on how to use Splunk software, I think that's obvious, but more importantly, you know, enabling agencies through like on-site workshops with the agencies and, and what are the use cases, how to use it, how do you do threat hunting, right? How do you do incident response? How do you do RMF compliance? So those are just, you know, some common use cases. So it's not just about, oh, you know, here's how you use another tool, but how do you effectively go do, you know, the, the analytics or the compliance issues, solve the compliance issues and analytics and threat hunting and incident response, um, you know, with the tools that you use. So we take um, a lot of pride in, in, in helping agencies do that. One of the things when you talk about situational awareness and, and, and the challenges of understanding what's on your network, network visibility, if you will, is that the biggest challenge that you see agencies have today? Or uh, listen, all all the four things you highlighted are challenges. We get that. Sure. But of those four, I guess, which ones really stands out to you as, wow, we see this at agency after agency after agency? I think it is. I think it's one of the top challenges. And here's why, Right is if you think about it just for a, set, for a second on the data that runs you know, over networks and through all the devices that I just mentioned, and you just take a couple steps back, 
you know, the agencies are siloed, right? I mean, I'm talking within the IT um, space. So you have a server group, you have an application group, you have a storage group, you have a network group, you have a mobility group. And machine data doesn't really care what your org chart looks like. So what agencies have to do foundationally, I mean, just the starting point is to get access to all that data. And I think, you know, while it's, you know, the tech, it's, it's like everything else, Jason, the technical part isn't the hard part. It's sort of the organizational part, right? And um, again, not I'm not putting a plug in for Splunk, but that's where Splunk has its roots is being able to very easily get access to that data and being allow agencies to ingest and correlate. What I do find is that a lot of agencies are sort of viewing it in a security silo. So they're saying, hey, well, we have to look at our firewall data, right? Or we have to look at, you know, our network, our routers and switches. You know, we have to look at sort of that data. And really at Splunk, what we say is, no, what you should really do is not worry about the question you're going to ask before you go decide on seeking out which device or which data you're going to look at. You should really ingest all your data and then, you know, be able to correlate that and look for, you know, the days of just known threats are long gone, but not only known threats, but unknown threats, right? And today's technology, you know, allows you to use things like machine learning and to look for, you know, just anomalies in that data. And you don't know where those attack vectors are going to come from. So it's not the end all be all, but to your, to your point, it's foundational, right? If you don't have access and visibility to the data across your enterprise, then you're challenged. You're only, you're limited. One of the things that showed up in that risk determination report is actually really, and again, I'll give OMB a lot of credit for this, is this idea of this is what we're going to do to solve the situation, or this is how we expect agencies to solve it. There's a lot of tools out there, and, and I think that's probably the other challenge I've heard time and again is is, is the complexity of the tools, right? And I, I, was, I was talked to one vendor recently, and I said, well, isn't that your fault? I kind of gave them a little <laughs> bit of a hard time. And they said, yes, it probably is our fault too. So maybe talk a little bit about that complexity of, of not just the tools and you know who we're not going to blame anybody right sure. now, unless you want me to, of course. <laughs> but but give me a sense of, of you know, getting through that complexity to get to that end point, which is what the data says. Uh, I meet with you know, executives within the agencies all the time and, and they say, oh, gosh, Gary, just, you know, not another tool. Right. But one of the things that you, you have to consider and the way Splunk approaches that problem is we might be considered by agencies as a tool, but we're really not. What we are is a data platform, right, a data fabric. And what I mean by that is while this forum and this you know discussion is about cybersecurity, what, if you kind of go up to 50,000 feet, when Splunk works with our enterprises, we're saying ingest machine data once and then use it for many purposes, right? One of the purposes is cybersecurity, but we also, you know, we have enterprises, especially on the commercial segment outside of the federal government who use it for predictive IT operations, right? We have uh, manufacturers who use it for, you know, smart mar- quality assurance and productivity in their manufacturing lines. Uh, we have media companies that, you know, use it for you know, measuring their customer experience. And the reason I share that is because once you have the data in, you can ask it any question you want, right? And so where a tool is, you know, like a hammer or a saw is used as a, you know, for a point problem, if you take a data platform approach, which is inherent to Splunk, you ingest all data and then you just, you know, you look for the use cases um, on what are the questions that you're trying to solve for, which can be cybersecurity or non-cybersecurity. So it's a little bit of a tangent, but I think, you know, what's, what, what agencies need to consider is to take a platform approach of their of their data layer of their data fabric and not go after it as a point product for their servers a point product for their firewalls 
And um, and so we're seeing a lot of that. And in fact, you know, bleeding outside of cybersecurity. Once you take a platform approach, then you can get into another hot topic in the federal government. It's like tools consolidation, right? Because let's face it, a lot of those tools are redundant. You're ingesting the same data over and over across multiple tools. You're only using 20% of the features on those tools. So again, what's at Splunk, our, our approach is more of a platform, ingest the data once, and then you can apply analytics and correlation to, to, find, to ask any question you want, cybersecurity or otherwise. What I'm seeing across the government in many regards is this idea of, we know we have a lot of data. How, how do we control it? How do we deal with it? How do we approve uh, it? So I think the platform approach is, is, again, you said it's something that Splunk does, but it's something that many other uh, vendors are really starting to promote. Is it because of things like the cloud? Is it because we have a better understanding of what data is and what data we have? Is that why this platform approach is becoming more popular? I actually think the platform approach is becoming popular because I would almost invert your question, which is um, we don't know what data is out there. And um, without getting too technical and getting back to the tool analogy, you know, tools are created for a specific point problem. Like, hey, we want to monitor firewall performance, right? So we have a tool that has a search feature to go out and get some you know, data off a firewall and measure performance. That's just one example. Um, but I think out of necessity, like most innovation happens, in it, the way most innovation happens, you have this problem, which is you don't know what you don't know. And so this platform approach, and again, what differentiates Splunk is ingest all data and worry about the questions that have, you have yet to think of later. So it was almost born out of necessity rather than any specific technology or architecture or trend. Does that make sense? It does. It's, it will go back to a hammer or a nail. We didn't. We didn't say let's let's have a house and what how can we put the house together. It was this idea of okay, what are the tools we need to get to that end result, which is. We have this end result, which is this lake of data. Right. What's our end result is the questions we're trying to right. ask. And I, I guess I would take something back I just said, which is what I would say is probably data proliferation, right? Or you could talk about IoT data or, you know, again, going back to the overused mobility device. Everything is spewing off so much data that it was only natural for a company like Splunk and a data platform approach to be to be needed. And so, you know, the proliferation of specifically machine data, I should point that out. Machine data is um, kind of what drives the need for this. And when you, real quick, just when you define machine data as structured or versus unstructured? Unstructured. Involved? Unstructured. So, and that's what's really key, right? And that's that problem is really hard. So the structured data, I think everybody gets, right? That's the rows and columns, and you know your the data that's that's stored in your in your databases. But um, again, I kind of casually mentioned it earlier. Uh, it's been shown ninety percent of the data when you talk about raw data, ninety percent of the data that an enterprise creates is machine data, which is you know you, any even layman probably you know opened up a file by accident and sees ones zeros you know exclamation points and it, you can't make sense of it. So. That's like a, a difficult problem to solve when you have this, you know, most of your data is machine data. How do you make sense of it all? And, you know, that's what, what's, what Splunk did is it allows you to easily ingest it and index it, correlate it, search it, and, uh, and gain most important answers. All right, on that note, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we can maybe jump into IT modernization. My guest is Gary DePreta, the Area Vice President for Defense, Intelligence, and Aerospace at Splunk. I'm Jason Miller, and you're listening to Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. 
Many public sector organizations are burdened with tight budgets, complex processes, and overloaded staff, making it costly, even impractical, for organizations to detect and investigate ever-evolving security issues. Reliable central logging is the first critical step toward gaining broader visibility and a deeper understanding of potentially suspicious activities. With Splunk, agencies are turning their machine data into cybersecurity intelligence to enable accurate, fast investigations and reduce risk. Learn how at Splunk.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Gary DePreta, the Area Vice President for Defense, Intelligence, and Aerospace at Splunk. Now, Gary, we just got into the data conversation, the importance of data, understanding what data you have, and, and, and answering questions that you've thought of and that you haven't thought of yet. The, the whole piece of this, as we talk about I, uh, cybersecurity and, and the challenges, really tags back to the bigger discussion on IT modernization. So maybe let's start there a little bit. And, and what are you starting to see? What are you kind of trends maybe are you seeing where sure. the intersection of IT modernization and cybersecurity? By the nature of you know upgrading legacy systems, there's inherent improvement in your cyber posture, right? So if you look, let's take an example that you know most agencies are either doing today or looking at, is certainly well beyond looking at, but moving applications to the cloud, right? So that's kind of an easy trend, and inherently you you know simplify your you know kind of operations and attack vector and. And uh, that you know provides improved cybersecurity among among other be- benefits. But one of the things we see with agencies is, and I'm not saying all agencies, but simply by moving applications to the cloud, um, you still have to, for example, as it relates to cybersecurity, um, have uh, continuous monitoring, right? You have to you have to still have situational awareness of what's going on, you know, sort of within your application. So whether they reside on prem. Or not, you still have to be, you know, RMF compliant uh, in DOD or DFAR compliant or, you know, NIST 8, 853. So there's a tendency to think that, oh well, well I've outsourced it to, you know, to a cloud provider, then you know, I, you know, my job here is done. And really, it's not. You still have to, you know, be, you still have to be compliant in the framework that you know NIST has set out. So. While I see, you know, inherent improvements, I definitely think that, you know, agencies are still struggling with, okay, in those new models, what are my responsibilities? So that's just kind of one comment. A little closer to home, if you look at, you know, the um, security information and event management space, right, the SIM platforms, you know, what we see is there's, like any other technology, there's a lot of sort of outdated platforms um, still in use. And really what it becomes is an access to innovation. So right now we're in a big cycle for upgrading, you know, the the, the SIMs, which run everyone's security operations center. And I mean, if you're not doing it today, you, you have to be doing market research, right? Like any new technology, the next generation SIMs provide access to things like machine learning, right? And so we talked about known and unknown threats. So the agencies that are investing the time in market research to see what has changed in some of these platforms and how they can apply it are the ones that are, you know, that are going to do well. So a lot of uh, what we're seeing today, again, as it relates to our space and cybersecurity is around, um, you know, SIM or our replacements. And so we're doing, a, we're helping agencies with a lot of market research there. When agencies want to improve their security incident management, again, we go back to the tool discussion, right? Are they just saying, hey, what tool can I use? Or are you, are, you, are, you, and are you guys able to kind of pull them back and be like, it's not a tool. It's what questions are you trying to answer? Is that, again? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, getting back to the platform discussion, agencies who are doing it really well are looking at, you know, kind of that full cyber, you know, continuum, right? I'm talking about the operational continuum. 
So, and what I mean by that is, you know, question you have to ask yourself if you're uh, an agency is, you know, I should be able to detect, you know, an anomaly or a threat in seconds, and I should be able to respond in minutes. And then the third leg in the stool is, you know, I need to have a continuous monitoring capability, which Jason, you and I both know is huge, you know, certainly with the DHS uh, CDM program and with, um, you know, the RMF DFAR compliance requirements, the continuous monitoring aspect that replaces DIACAP is, is just huge. But if I'm an agency and if you can't do that today, if you can't detect something in seconds, respond in minutes, and then have a continuous monitoring capability, then you're really not implementing available technology like Splunk, like these next generation sims today. So unfortunately, what we're finding is most agencies are still using legacy sims that don't have that next generation capability, right? We bring up CDM, one of my favorite topics. I know Splunk is a big player. I realize that you are in the defense world, sure. so CDM maybe doesn't necessarily fit into your world, but give us a, at least a, a, a big view update of CDM as it relates to Splunk. Really proud. Uh, actually, um, a peer of mine, Frank Demina, was uh, asked to testify in front of uh, Congress about Splunk and our position on the DHS CDM program just recently, so we're really proud of that. But um, what Splunk does in simple terms, without getting into too many details, we're the integration um, layer, the the data fabric layer that we had talked about uh, for the CDM program, right? So we're there to, you know, ingest the data and provide that visibility. I know that Splunk has uh, done some, had some success as well with some of the wins. So it's something to obviously look out for as we talk to some of your folks in the civilian world. At the same time, while the Defense Department and the intelligence community is not required, quote unquote, to use CDM, they have requirements to move to continuous monitoring. Maybe do a, uh, best practices uh, discussion sure. a little bit about what you're seeing in the DoD world and the Intel world. Yeah, so there's there's a few use cases that we're seeing with uh, within DoD and, and Intel and, and sort of no order of priority. But the first one is uh, RMF compliance. So without a doubt, with some of the mandates coming out, and again moving from DiaCap to a continuous monitoring platform, it, it's it's a real challenge for agencies. It's not a, it's not an easy thing to do. So without a doubt, over the past 12 months, uh, I, I mean, literally every agency within DOD and Intel, Jason, are, are talking to, to Splunk about you know, how to solve that. And one of the things that we do, we make it easy. Um, we have something called the Splunk Base. And think of it as like an iTunes store for applications. And they're free apps. And what they really are is just you know things that you can apply for use. So you can download an RMF app, you can download a DFAR app, which already maps to the NIST you know uh, uh, standards. So that's number one. And number two is is it gets back to that continuous monitoring capability. So without a doubt, in DoD and Intel, uh, RMF DFAR compliance in the defense industrial base are are you know a a use case that's pervasive that we're uh, working with our agencies with. The second one we're really really proud of is on the cyber protection teams. So we know that Cyber Command stood up the cyber uh, mission forces. And um, Splunk is, you know, virtually in most of the Department of Defense uh, cyber protection team uh, stacks. So, uh, you know, U.S. Army, Navy, Marfor Cyber, uh, U.S. Cyber Command are, are kind of all using that. And that really speaks to the incident response capability of the platform, right? So, um, and then the third one is, you know, our, our kind of baseline, which is just visibility and detecting threats, which is kind of the threat hunting capability. And of course, that is table stakes. If you're in a security operations center, we're, we're used pervasively across more that most of the DOD agencies to do that that search and investigate function for for threat hunting. 
And then I already mentioned the fourth use case that um, is probably the most, I don't want to say popular, but we're getting the most questions in the form of market research is the Department of Defense is going through that SIM upgrade cycle right now. So again, you know, those are just four uses that we are seeing um, in the Department of Defense. But again, it's not four separate tools, right? If you ingest the data once, you can, you know, you can do threat hunting, you can do incident response, you can do uh, executive dashboards and have operational situational awareness in, in your security operations center and apply, you know, these very cool sort of technologies that are coming to market, namely machine learning, right, to detect these anomalies. Uh, that's one big trend that uh, our, def- our DOD, in fact, all of our federal agencies, but DOD and Intel in particular, is being able to uh, to leverage machine learning algorithms. And the second one, as it relates to security operations centers, and we are getting like tons of interest in data on this, is on orchestration and automation. So if you think about it, we talked about the skills gap, you know, within the federal government and with industry. But what about just sort of the exhaustion of the of the analyst? Right, you're just inundated with alerts. And what's happening as a trend in the industry and what's uh, getting a lot of interest is uh, there's very cool what's called SOAR technology, security orchestration and automation. And um, we, as a side note, acquired a company earlier this calendar year called Phantom. They were market leader in, in security orchestration. So tons of interest because you, you have to automate these playbooks, right? The DOD, whether, it doesn't matter who you are, you, you can't throw enough bodies at it. So you're going to have to automate and or- orchestrate detection and response. And uh, so we're talking to a lot of agencies on implementing SOAR technologies to you know, increase the efficiencies of, of, their, of their operation. All right, so there's a ton to unpack there. Yep. <laughs> Let's back up. One of the things, you, when you talk about the different use cases, is there a big difference between what DOD is doing with the risk management framework and the and the, the changes and what CDM is doing? I mean, yes, different tools and different approaches, but in the end, is it's they're all heading to the same end goal, which is, which is the continuous monitoring? Correct. So I think that what they have in common, and which is a very good thing, right, is the continuous monitoring. You have to have that as, as part of your cybersecurity uh, uh, framework. So across the DoD, Intel, and the .gov space under CDM, they're all doing that really well. But what I think that what they're, they're trying to achieve ultimately is the speed to detection and response, right? And so that's you know kind of future phases of CDM. And I don't feel comfortable in a public forum going into what maybe some of our DoD and Intel agencies are doing other than to say, you know, it is about using machine learning toolkits to, to detect anomalies and use the analytics. And then, of course, again, to, to automate the, uh, you know, the detection and the response. You also bring up uh, orchestration automation. I hear that all the time from agencies, from vendors. That and relates back to the machine learning and AI stuff. Is that the future? I mean, is that where we're going as, as we kind of close out our conversation here a little bit? When we look to the future and the takeaways from this conversation, it seems to me, based on what you guys have said, is it's the data and then it's the tools that help you understand the data. The the really cool part about this, it's really not the future. Like these tools are available today. I meant like just like tomorrow yeah. future, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. That's uh, And that's the exciting part. The answer is yes. I mean, with the threats, right? The actors, especially the, the nation state actors, we cannot throw enough bodies at, you know, at this problem. We're not going to build walls high enough. Right. So it's about building. And I happened to be at a forum this week with uh, 
Admiral Barrett um, spoke, you know, and I, I loved what she said. And, you know, what she said is, look, we've got to sort of, you know, build re- resilient systems to, you know, to deal with the pain. And um, and so that's what the, like the machine learning and uh, and orchestration automation are going to do is is it's 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 speed and it's uh, creating, you know, very re- resilient uh, capabilities within within the agencies. This has been a great conversation. Let me thank my guest, Gary DiPreta, the Area Vice President for Defense, Intelligence and Aerospace at Splunk. Gary, thank you very much. Thanks, Jason. I'm Jason Miller. You've been listening to Innovation in Government, sponsored by Kerasoft on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsradio.com and search innovation. Thank you for listening to the Innovation in Government show, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Radio 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. The entire discussion can be found on demand at Federal News Radio, keyword innovation.